Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who might need to be inserted into the Detroit Pistons starting lineup. Brand Siegel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, Trevor, the, the Pistons, do they still, they, they got two wins still, right? Two and 27. They oh my now God. lost 26 straight. It, that is just crazy to me. I, I How can a team be that bad? We uh, They got to hold like an open tryout or something. I don't know, Trevor. Maybe put me and you at the one and the two. Um, or maybe me a ball boy, maybe, maybe you at assistant coach and that, that would, that would help the team out. Um, because they, they need some, they need something over there. They, they need some sort of help. I mean, I don't, I don't even know when was the last time, like a team has been hit this historically terrible. I mean, it's, I mean, the Cavs team, the year after LeBron left, I think, I think also had 26 losses. I think that's, I think they just tied the record and I think there's another team. I think there was a two way tie. Now there's a three way tie. If, if the Pistons lose again. Uh, they will have the record. So yeah, it's it's not good. That is just absolutely crazy to me. But look, we have a great podcast uh, that hopefully we'll talk about some good teams, not just the Detroit Pistons. Um, of course, we got to welcome in the third member of our podcast. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, I'm excited. I I we will be seeing you on Tuesday. That is correct. Um, real quick about the Pistons though, because I I said last week that I keep I keep our listeners updated every week. Uh, remember, the goal here is to is to lose less than or win less than seven games. That's the record. Now it's a record that was set in the lockout season, so technically that Bobcats team didn't even get eighty two chances to win more than seven games. So if the Pistons can lose can lose um, or excuse me can win six games in an eighty two game season, all time historic season, um, that might be tough. Now right now they're on pace for a little under six wins, I believe this year. Um, but ultimately, the 82 game record which we're shooting for is eight and 74. That will that will break the 82 game record set 50 something years ago by the 76ers. So if we can see the Pistons, I'm rooting for for eight wins or less um, to break the all time 82 game record. So I I will keep a, a weekly tally going on of what they're on pace to do um, because I have I have never been more interested in a in a terrible basketball team than I am the Detroit Pistons. This is an all time performance. Um, and honestly, Trevor, I'm gonna have to start watching these games i don't care about any other nba game but i might have to start watching these games because i think this is far more entertaining than watching like two average nba teams yeah Yeah. honestly i like the the rooting against them to seeing like how how low can we go um is truly an interesting thing to see i i'm with ben on this one for sure but look we got a lot to get to in this episode um so let's start it off with some college basketball we had a lot of big games and a lot of big upsets. Something, Trevor, something about watching college basketball pre-New Year's is so enjoyable. Like, there's there's so many interesting games of teams that never really play. I mean, we have, we have FAU playing Arizona in a year that FAU happens to be, like, really good. Uh, obviously, the, that game was incredible. I'm super excited to hear uh, your thoughts on that game. Um, but we have so many t- teams here that just, like, never really would play. Um, and are playing, and that's what's so fun about the non-conference in college basketball. So why don't you break down a couple of the games that happened this week? Yeah, so first I'm going to start with some of the biggest upsets we had in the Big East because the Big East Conference, it's been kind of wild. Um, on Tuesday, we had Marquette lose uh, to Providence. That, that was 72-57. to Marquette was ranked number six in the country. Then on Wednesday, we had UConn, who was number five in the country, losing to unranked Seton Hall. 75 to 60. And we also had Creighton, number 12 in the country, losing to Villanova in overtime, 68-66. So the three best teams, at least according to rankings in the Big East, all lost within a two-day span. That was pretty wild. Um, the other thing I want to mention was 
Memphis and Virginia played on Tuesday. And this Memphis team is looking really good. They destroyed Virginia 77 to 54. Um, they are now, after their win last night against Vanderbilt, I believe they are now 9 2. Um, it looks like. So Memphis is playing really well. They also had a win against Clemson last Saturday that was also a, a ranked team at the time. So Memphis has been an impressive team. Um, I believe we have them in our second we draft, uh, Brandon. Yep, we have them in good. one of our drafts. So Memphis looking really good. They're ranked. They're going to continue to move up the rankings um, the more they win. So I like them. And speaking of, we, we just mentioned FAU, which I'm, I'm going to go to FAU now because they're in the same conference as FAU, the American Athletic. Those are the two best teams in the American Athletic, FAU and Memphis. Um, it's a big drop-off after that. And if we go to FAU now, FAU, who just played Arizona um, in maybe the game of the year so far against Arizona, double overtime, they win it 96-95. This was a game where at one point I was watching, I think Arizona started with a 17-3 lead. They were up 17-3 early in this game. FAU, you know, hangs in there. Um, you know, they make a, a little bit of a run toward the end of the first half. And then from there, it's just a really tight game throughout, uh, an incredible game, very entertaining. And one of the standouts for Florida Atlantic, um, obviously John L Davis, uh, the junior guard, he was obviously on the team last year that made the run. Um, and, and most of these players are, this is a very experienced Florida Atlantic team. A lot of these guys are players who, you know, history would say that these are guys that would transfer last year out of FAU, go to bigger programs because of the way they performed in the tournament, and they didn't. They all stayed. So you have a guy like John L. Davis who had 35 points in this game against Arizona last night. He's still there. You have um, uh, the big man, Golden, seven foot one, 240 pounds. Ooh. He's still there. Um, he got in a little foul trouble yesterday, so he didn't have his best game, but he's a very solid player for Florida Atlantic. And they get uh they actually got a transfer in from UConn, uh Jalen Gaffney. So this is a really solid FAU team. They're very experienced. Obviously, Dusty May has been, you know, he's kind of proven to be a really good coach. Um, and FAU is kind of I, I think with this win, they've solidified, hey, we are legit. Last year was not a fluke. Like, take us seriously. Just because we had this, we were, I think they were an eight or a nine seed last year. They made their final four run. And they were ranked so high. I think there were a lot of people that were kind of doubting it. Even I was like kind of hesitant. I was like, ah, are they really going to be as good? Um, but I think they have now proven that this is legitimate. It's not a fluke with their win over Arizona. That was uh, a very impressive win. I mean, Arizona is number four in the country. So I was impressed by FAU. Um, I'm going to continue to you know look for them on the schedule, try to find good games that they're going to play in, especially when they play Memphis in particular. That's really, since conference play starting up, that's the game I'm going to want to see. But uh, Ben, I'm, I'm going to go to you on this. A any thoughts about FAU or this game um, in general? A, a really great game between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, Brandon kind of hinted at it, but like these are the types of games that we want to see in the non-con schedule. And FAU, I mean, FAU knows what they're doing. They capitalize on the situation. They knew they'd have a really good team coming in from last year. Um, so obviously, they're going to schedule some good games this year just because they want the pre they want the the experience because they know that they're probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. They want the experience playing these these um, legit national title national title contenders. Um, and they pr they proved yesterday that clearly they can hang with the big boys because Arizona was in, in at one point the number one team in the country not that long ago. So um, I'm super impressed because I remember I don't remember who it was too Trevor but FAU lost earlier in the year and I was like ah, I don't know maybe 
coming in as a top whatever they were this year, 15 team originally. I don't maybe that's too high on them. Maybe I'm not a, I'm not a huge believer that they can do it again, but um clearly they've proven that they have a lot of talent on that team. And the people that made that, you know, decide these rankings obviously know more about college basketball than I do cuz it seems like they are absolutely a a top a top whatever team in the country, so very impressed. Um I'm I'm very intrigued to see um how they like you said how they do in the American Conference with Memphis in there, but um, they absolutely, if if they play to their ability, like we've seen, uh, I guess specifically yesterday, they could absolutely run the table in the American and and be a top two or three seed in, in this tournament coming up this year, which would be awesome to see if if a school like FAU is a is a top seed. So uh, I'm excited for them. It's just a, it's really cool when you have a well, if you're a fan of FAU like that and you got a, you got a team like this, like this is going to be hopefully an awesome year for them and a year that they won't forget. So um, I think it's hard to root against them just because it's a small school like that, but. Uh, I am absolutely uh, in their corner. I'm absolutely rooting rooting for them. I'm, I'm hoping I can see them go far in the tournament again this year. Yeah, and one, the one loss that I think you were referencing was when they lost to Bryant earlier in the season, yeah. um, 61-52, but they bounced back in a big way. I mean, they went and beat Texas A&M, who was ranked at the time. They destroyed Virginia Tech. Uh, they beat, you know, they beat Butler. Um, their other loss was to Illinois, who's also a really good team. Illinois is ranked in the top 15 right now. Um, but then other than that, I mean, they just beat Arizona. And when we think about like, you know, your resume getting closer to the NCAA tournament and how the, the, you know, the committee or the, in the bracketology room, they're going to look at kind of these teams. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because a win like Arizona, that's something that having that win versus not having that win, that could be the difference between like a two and a three seed or a three mm-hmm. and a four seed. Um, because that a win like that really matters. Um, so yeah, FAU has been a good story. Um, but Brandon, did you have any uh, thoughts about FAU? Yeah. I wanted to talk real quick about that two and three seed thing you just said, because that loss to Bryant at the end of the year, what's going to decide them being a two or three seed isn't going to be that loss against Bryant. It's going to be the win against Arizona. Um, so I I 100% agree with you. Getting these quality wins is it's it's more important I think in college basketball specifically than college football because I think your losses mean more in college football. You know who you've lost to versus who you've won. Um, and I I think in this instance you, you make a wonderful point. Um, this is an incredibly quality win, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, Florida Atlantic throughout this year and what you know type of run they could get on uh, and really making you know another special special year for them. Yeah. Um, just, just a couple other games I want to mention quickly, and then we can move on. Um, on Wednesday, we had a couple good games. We had Duke and Baylor. Duke beat Baylor 78 to 70. Baylor's fallen a couple times in a row now. Um, we'll see if they can bounce back, but Duke gets a really good win here. Um, you had, uh, McCain, Jared McCain had 21 points in this one, seven of 11 for the field. So Duke, they're still looking solid. You know, they lost a couple games here, but, uh, Duke gets a good win there. And then North Carolina, North Carolina ranked number 11. They beat Oklahoma, who was undefeated, 81 to 69. A good win for North Carolina there. RJ Davis continues to be Mr. Reliable for them. He had 23 points for North Carolina. So a good win for them. Both ACC teams beating Big 12 teams, which is, uh, you know, a little surprising. Big 12 is the best con- uh, conference in college basketball, basketball, but the ACC gets a couple wins there. So, um, you know, those are just a few other good games, but if you guys don't have anything else, I think we can move on. Let's move it along to the NBA here. Um, and, I mean, we joke about the Pistons earlier, but the, the Pistons really, 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 really stink. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about a team that's doing really well in your eyes? Yeah, that team would be the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, 
this is interesting because if you look at the top of the standings right now, the Boston Celtics and the Minnesota Timberwolves are both tied for the best record. They're both 22 and six, but only a half game behind them is the Bucks at 22 and seven. And I feel like this is more just me, um, you know, hearing, listening to different podcasts, seeing what people are saying on social media. It, it kind of seem it would seem like the Bucks aren't doing super well. There's a lot of criticism about the Bucks, about their defense, about oh, the, you know, the Damian Lillard's defensive liability. It, it's a huge deal that they lost Drew Holiday. I see a lot of people criticizing the Bucks, um, but in reality, number one, it's December. It's so early. So if teams do have issues, those issues can be fixed over time. There's a lot of season left to play, but more importantly. They actually have been playing very well over the last uh, month or so. They've won seven straight. Um, again, now 22-7. and seven. They're uh, second in offense, second in points per game um, in the entire NBA. So, uh, you know, clearly their offense has improved from last year. Their defense, um, you know, does have some issues. But I heard a stat, I think Zach Lowe mentioned this, when uh, Giannis, Damian Lillard, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Middleton are all on the floor. I think they're like a, a plus 19 per a hundred possessions. And I think that would put them uh, like number, like the best defensive team in the NBA, essentially when those four guys are on the floor together. So uh, yeah, I mean the defensive concerns, like, uh, you know, people are going to talk about it and like, yeah, after losing Drew holiday, getting Dame, I think it's a little overblown. I think when we get to playoff time, I think the offense is going to outweigh um, any minor defensive issues there, especially when it matters in the playoffs in the last couple minutes about how are you going to get points in the half court when it slows down, when things slow down, you know, you can't rely on transition buckets. The defense is going to be, you know, as good as it's going to be. You have to figure out how to score. And sometimes it needs to be one-on-one. Sometimes it needs to be isolation. Uh, sometimes it needs to be making tough shots. When you had Drew Holiday, uh, or Chris Middleton taking those tough shots last year, the results weren't great. And Giannis, he's, you know, yes, he's the best player on the team, but he's, you know, he's not a guard. He's a, he's a big man. He's a power forward, sometimes even a center. So you need someone who's more of a, a guard, a ball handler that can get those buckets for you. And when they won the title a couple of years ago, Chris Middleton did do that. That helped them win the title, but he's not quite as great anymore. So now having Damian Lillard, he's the guy that can do that. And that's, what outweighs, you know, the fact that Drew Holiday is a better defender than him. Damian Lillard's offense outweighs that he's a better player than Drew Holiday. And overall, this narrative of they are worse off with Dame than Holiday, I just think it's nonsense. So the Bucks have been really good, and I, I will continue to believe in them. I will continue to believe in them. They were my preseason title pick, and I'm not going to uh, get off that, really. Um, but I guess, Brandon, did you have any any thoughts on this? Um, at all with the Bucks, or just in general, if there's anything else that you wanted to talk about in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it, I remember when the Bucks trade happened, and you you were very much on the boat of like this team got better. You know, they obviously didn't get better defensively, um, but their offense improved so much that it's going to overtake that. And it it really seems like that is coming to fruition here, um, especially with how they're playing of recent. And this is that's the type of move that like when we get in the playoffs, it's not that defense doesn't matter, but that offense matters more. Having that shooter at the end of the game that can hit that three um, or, you know, can can take over, you know, in the last five minutes of a fourth quarter when you're down by five, let's say. Um, that's the type of stuff that wins championships. Um, and it really seems like this Bucks team has, has more, they could 
do it again um, in uh, in uh, this year, this coming year. Um, and I'm excited to see where the Bucks go. Ben, anything you want to add uh, here with the NBA? Yeah, shout out Miami Heat, fifth place in the East. Trevor, I don't know about you, but that sounds that sounds about right for Heat culture. Typically, uh, Heat culture just represents losing, and right right now they are they are losers. Um, also, shout out Indiana Pacers. Let's not forget they're fourteen and fourteen. They've lost two in a row, but again, let's not forget in season tournament runner ups. I think that's more important than um, their fourteen and fourteen record at the moment. So uh, let's just remember remember how awesome that that tournament was for them. Yeah, it might be it might be a little hangover for the Pacers after the in season tournament. Uh, I think a similar thing is happening a little bit to the Lakers. Uh, a little bit of a hangover. I don't know. We'll see if those teams can turn well, it around. So the Lakers Vincent hung a banner so for a while. The Lakers yeah. hung a banner, yeah. so it doesn't really matter what they do this year. They already got a banner. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they hung that banner. I mean, I think I think Ben, you definitely agree that that's that's kind of stupid. Uh, it's loser. No, it's, well. it's, it's no. A, I it's a loser I think move. that's what they it's have to do. Move. I disagree. I disagree because that's what it's they need to do move. to they're make the season. They're trying to make the tournament a big deal. Yeah, know, trying to make it a big deal. If you want it's the lame. tournament to be a big deal, yeah. and you want people to watch, you need the banner and stuff. You need to get people excited about it. Yeah. I just I think like it's funny that of all the teams, the Lakers do it next to like their 18 NBA championship banners. They're just going to have like a little in-season tournament banner. I think that's why it's like super funny. Yeah, I think it's important for the growth of the league that that I stuff agree. happens. I, I see why they're doing it, but it's so lame. Don't get me wrong. It is stupid. And that's that's this is part of the problem the NBA has is they need to legitimize this tournament. And doing that, they need to hang the banners. They need to – if they give them rings for it, that would be smart too. I know you guys are going to think that's stupid. No, 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 no. You but can't it, do that. But it legitimizes this in-season tournament. If you don't legitimize it, look what they do in Europe. They give them an entire trophy. They do parades for different tournaments and stuff. They legitimize it. So if you want it – they made great progress this year with the in-season tournament. Really great progress. And if you want people to watch the regular season games, you got to legitimize the tournament. So they get – I, I just think, have – Sorry, I, I don't. I'm not trying to cut you off. I just want to have go one. Ahead. I know. Ahead, we, I know it's over. We've already talked about it. But I have one thing that I was just thinking about with this with this in season tournament. What's here, why, Benny? Why didn't they make it? Like, why did they finish the whole thing in in November or December? Like, why didn't they stretch it out until like March? Um, well, I, I just feel I think like the challenge. This is the thing I told Trevor about is you want it in the middle, ideally in the middle when you know there's some hype at the beginning of the regular season. And then I think, like, most fans are like, oh, like, you know, I know Trevor will probably disagree, but, like, most people are probably like, oh, these games, like, there's just a lot of them. It's hard to keep up. I, I'm not watching as much. So I think ideally you want to put it in the middle. The challenge with putting it closer to the actual playoffs is, and it's going to happen one of these years, and I, I knock They're on wood, I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. And then we're going to have a whole discussion again, even where the tournament's at now. We're going to have a whole discussion. Should this actually happen when someone's out for six to eight months and then they're not playing the playoffs because they got, you know, they got hurt in the, the, the final that, of a game that's not even like the game doesn't really matter. So that's that's a big challenge. If you do it closer to March, let's say you're playing a game in March and it's the semifinals and and, you know, the Bucks, Damian Lillard gets hurt again, knock on wood. I want nobody hurt. I hope this does not happen. But let's say Damian Lillard gets hurt and it's one month away from the playoffs. I mean, that's that stinks. They have like a real shot at winning the actual championship. So I'm hoping that does not happen, especially with the progress that the, the in-season tournament did make. It, it made a lot of really good progress. There was people really watched and they enjoyed it. So I think this is the challenge they have with this in-season, you know, little, little tournament um, is that the injuries matter so much 
in the NBA when a big player gets hurt. And it, it could be completely seasoning ruining when like just one big player gets hurt. Um, you know, like in soccer that has the in-season tournaments, players are, I mean, players are hurt all the time. They have like little injuries and stuff. And, you know, they're running so much that they, they get these little injuries and stuff. If you get hurt in soccer, it's not quite as big of a deal. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the, the challenge here is the balance. Because, Ben, you make a good point. Ideally, it, it, it takes up more time. And, you know, it, it creates an investment throughout the entire regular season. Um, I think we'd all agree that would be that would probably be best if they can make, you know, a, 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 elongate the the in-season tournament. But I think there's a challenge with that of of the injury aspect. Trevor, maybe you, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, because would you like it to span more? I know we're kind of going a little off topic um, here, but I mean, I, I I I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. I think we just talked about it off the podcast, but I because I, I know I, you're less injury concerned than I am. I, I don't that. necessarily wanted to span throughout the entire season. I'm I'm cool with it being like a like a two week span. I actually want them to block off the schedule for it. Like I want it to be like a two week thing. Um, I I'd prefer it to be in January personally. I'd prefer like a block off two weeks in January, just have in season tournament games. So there's no, and I I know they said like games are Tuesday and Friday, but so that there's no confusion about like when the regular season games normally are and the in season tournament games. I think you just block off two weeks in January, you play all the games, and then you add another layer of stakes, like a guaranteed playoff spot, uh, something of that nature to. To have more stakes for fans. Right now, I don't think there's any stakes for fans. I think there are stakes for players because there's the the money and there's the incentives with the money, which is great. I think that's good that they're doing that. I think there should also be something that's added for fans. Currently, there isn't anything for fans really. But I mean, I think that's a good idea in theory. But the the big challenge, the reason they have this tournament is because they want people watching regular season games. In, in that situation, you're back at square one because people are like, okay, like this tournament, like we'll watch this tournament. That's great. There's two weeks. Then the regular season games have the same, they're the same then without that, that, that in-season tournament. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's how it is. I mean, that's, that's how it is right now. Like that's how it is regardless. But people watch those games more when like people watch the regular season games more when the in-season tournament label was slapped on them. Like people, they, they there right. was more viewership no, no, no. and stuff. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, like m- what I said doesn't change. Like doesn't change any of that. It's just like it's a less confusing. It and I think having it, like Ben said, Ben's point about like having it in November. I to some degree agree with that because it's so early in the season. I yeah. I think January would be a good time right before the All Star break. That's where I would do it. January does seem like a smart idea. The other thing which I think you talk about fan investment, the banner stuff. And like them talking about it like that, that get that'll get the fans invested. Because what's gonna happen is little Timmy on Twitter, who's a Lakers fan, is gonna be uh, arguing with some Bulls fan who's fifty years old, saying Jordan's better than LeBron, and he's gonna be like, you know what, Jordan doesn't have an in-season tournament championship. And you know who also said that argument? That's I did. Trolling. But my point is, is that little, that's little gonna Brandon be Brandon on the, Twitter. Yeah, little Brandon on Twitter. That's gonna be where the investment is from fans. I think. I think. It's almost impossible without giving a competitive advantage like a playoff spot for fans to be in it. Um, and that's going to be one way that they can get in is that they put the banners and they make it a big deal. They sell merch about it. They do all that stuff and make people care about it. I think I think all the banners and the merch, I think all that's irrelevant. I, and I think all that stuff's just like selling merch is just a bad business idea. We're, this is non-sports. This is now business talk. 
that it's a terrible business idea to say at least don't have a lot of inventory of it because i don't know who's buying in season tournament specific well, t-shirts you're right no one's going to buy it right now because no one the fans no, don't really care i don't think it's i don't well but i don't know you got to get people excited about it again look at like in europe like with the fa cup they sell merch for that and everyone buys it just make sure your inventory isn't too <laughs> they um, definitely need low inventory now but but let's let's move along here. Is there anything else you want to talk about NBA wise? Yeah. So there's there's two more there's two more topics. The the first one is the Cleveland Cavaliers because the Cleveland Cavaliers there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, Donovan Mitchell's definitely leaving. He's definitely he wants to be in New York. He's gonna leave Cleveland. They should trade him. The Cavs. This team has no chance of winning with this core. Just blow it up. Get rid of it. All that. And it's like. Did, like people are just stating that Donovan Mitchell definitely wants to leave. Who's the reliable source here? Is has his mother said this? Has his agent said this? Has a best friend of Don? Has Donovan Mitchell said this? Who who is saying this? How do we know this? I'm just I'm not saying it's not true. I I'm just saying that I don't I haven't heard like a reliable source. It's just like a, oh, people are saying that Donovan Mitchell wants to be in New York because he's from there. He grew up there. It's like, is that really the only reason? I, I just, I don't, I don't know for, for that to be like a, oh, people are saying this. Therefore the Cavs should trade Donovan Mitchell because of this. It's like, I, I just don't buy into that because well, number one, he's too good of a player to, to go off of like speculation, but just, I'm not saying they're lying. Just give me a concrete piece of evidence that he actually wants to leave. And then we can talk about potentially trading him because right now he's the best player on the team. He's averaging 28 points per game. He's, you know, he's averaging whatever, six assists. He's the best player on the team by far. And without him, the Cavs are going nowhere. I'm not, again, with him, they're still struggling, but they have injuries. It's a reality. Evan Mobley is out for at least a month or two. Darius Garland has injuries right now. They're dealing with injuries and it's, it sucks. It's unfortunate, but it's not like the Cavs, uh, like besides the injuries, it's not like they were playing terribly. They're, they're 17 and 13 right now. Part of that's because of the injuries. I mean, where did we expect the Cavs to be if they were fully healthy? I think expectations would be maybe they'd have three more wins. Maybe they'd be like 20 and 10, which would put them fourth in the East instead of seventh. I, I just think some of the Cavs panic is a little overblown right now. I think that the issues are not really with Donovan Mitchell. And, and, and unless you give me a concrete piece of evidence, otherwise, Evan Mobley is, one, is a, a little bit of an issue because his offensive potential hasn't really come to fruition his development hasn't really happened to i think the level that people would have wanted it to and that's one of the he's the number one player you were banking on you drafted him with a third pick he's your biggest investment in terms of that um and i don mitchell is a big trade but like evan mobley is the player you were banking on he hasn't quite lived up to it yet you know jared allen I think has been fine, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe should we look to trade Jared Allen? That's something that could be an option. Darius Garland hasn't looked quite as good. Um, his numbers have went down since last season. And, you know, they've made a couple moves. They got Max Struess. They got, you know, um, 
the guy from Philly that I'm forgetting the name of right now. Um, but they've made some moves, but they still need a, a more solid wing. And maybe the answer is a Jared Allen trade. That could be the answer. I don't mm-hmm. think a Donovan Mitchell trade makes sense right now. I just don't see it unless you are telling me, unless he is up there on the podium or he is telling people he's leaking it like Damian Lillard did in the offseason. I want to be in New York unless he is leaking it personally. I just haven't heard a reputable source like provide evidence that that's what he wants. So that's that's my whole thing on the Cavs because I think people are jumping to conclusions. Oh, Cavs trade them, trade him now because he's going to leave if you don't. George Niang player, you were thinking yeah, of. Yeah, George Niang. Um, something I wanted to comment on with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it, it seems like all the rumors are pointing to that he wants to leave. I don't know about the New York stuff, but that's like what the rumors have been for a while now. But let's say he wants to stay. What is what is the expectation with this team? Because it's it certainly can't be to win a championship. Like they're not they're not a, they're not good enough to win a championship with this team. I mean, last year it seems like they played really really well, and they mm. were they were close-ish, but they weren't that close. They weren't they weren't one of the best three, four, five teams in the league um, mm. towards the end of the year. So I think that's kind of the question to be had here. Like why I think Cavs fans would be panicking is like. And maybe panic isn't the right word, but being worried is like, this doesn't seem like it's a championship level team or even like if it gets to that potential a championship level team. And then there's also the concern, let's say just hypothetically, the Donovan Mitchell stuff is true and he leaves. I mean, then it really isn't a championship level team. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think about that? Like, do you, do you legitimately think that they have a shot if healthy and playing, you know, can they get to a point that they, they w- can be at a championship level team or at least getting towards conference championships? It's a tough situation because I think the thought when you when you make the trade for Donovan Mitchell and you I mean, you draft Evan Mobley, you draft Darius Garland, you're banking on them be like one or both of them becoming like awesome, like a star like Evan Mobley is going to become Kevin Garnett, like you're banking on that type of thing. And if it doesn't happen, you're not winning a title anyway. So the fact that, you know, again, it's his what his third, fourth year. It's still early, and this is only the second year with Donovan Mitchell there, the second year mm-hmm. with the course. So the fact that they lose in the first round, it, I don't think it's a failure necessarily. I just think it's that this team is so young, and I think we're so quick to be like, oh, it didn't work the first time. Let's change it up. Let's change up. It didn't work. It failed. I, I still think it's early. However, I think there could be moves that you could make. I think Jared Allen is a move that you could think about making soon. Um, Evan Mobley, you're so invested in, I still wouldn't, I mean, you're not going to trade Evan. I mean, you're not going to trade Evan Mobley. You're so, you're so invested. You still believe that maybe he can get it together offensively. His defense is incredible. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. That's still the case, but the offense needs to improve to some level. And Darius Garland needs to get back to playing at the level he was last year. But the issue is they're both hurt right now. Um, ultimately Am I am I ruling out that they can win a championship with, you know, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell being the three best players? I am not personally. I think a lot of people and that's what the thing I think most people are. I think most people that talk about the NBA every day, I think they have ruled it out. And I'm not ruling it out because I think that if you think about a Jared Allen move, if you think about, you know, trying to put together pieces to get another really solid wing for this team. And Evan Mobley does continue to get better. Darius Garland does get back to the level. I think there's a chance, and I still wouldn't rule it out just because if if you're not banking on that, if you're not banking on Evan Mobley 
you know, improving on offense, not banking on Darius Garland playing to the level he was, then what what are we doing? We're 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 gonna trade Donovan Mitchell and then we're gonna just hope that you know Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, like what's what's the plan if that's the case? I just the alternative doesn't seem it seems worse. It doesn't seem better. So yeah, that that does seem that I think you made a good point because if you give up on this strategy, it's you know it, it's tough because like even getting number one picks, especially more recently, it seems like the number one picks have been like a little lackluster um like Cade Cunningham wasn't I mean he's he's been it's I don't know if he's been like amazing I think he's, he's been solid but. yeah he's been solid it's it's tough in Detroit yeah he, he hasn't been as great as I as most people expect yeah. him to so I, some of the blame is on Cade um but anyway that's just but I mean another example. player that's now in Detroit James Wiseman was a first round pick so I think um and like obviously he hasn't panned out uh so I think like it's a little tougher to just be like oh we'll just like Let's give a player up and we'll tank and then next year we'll get the first round pick and we'll see what happens. Like I think I think it's tough in the NBA to like when you rebuild, uh, you know, you gotta get like a lot of picks and really develop well and stuff. So I think you do make a good point. It's like if you if you chalk it up and get rid of Donovan Mitchell and you're like, oh, he's gone. Wait, let's just get rid of him, get get, get some assets back. Like, what does that do exactly? What's the plan after that? So I think you make a good point, Trevor. I'm like, what, what is there to do? Yeah. And I didn't even talk about JB Bickerstaff. Like maybe, maybe at the end of the season of, depending on how the season ends well, maybe you get rid of him. Maybe you need a new coach in there. You know, I I don't know. It's again, it's the second year. So it, it still is is early early in the project. Most people are acting like it's not and that we need changes now. Um, but it is still early. So we'll, we'll see with the Cavs. The only other thing I want to talk about, and I'll mention this quickly, John Morant makes his return with the Grizzlies. Um, they've won three in a row with him now, uh, which is, you know, it's good. It's solid. And he looked it really seems good. Like he's a good player. Yeah. It seems <laughs> like he's a good player. He looked really good right away. He had the game winner in his first game back against the Pelicans after coming, they were actually down, uh, by 24 points in that game at one point, which was kind of wild, but they make the comeback. Memphis is now on three in a row and they're nine and 19, which nine and 19 that puts them 10 games under 500. It's an uphill climb for Memphis. Um, so we'll see what they can do. Can they get back into the playoff picture? It's going to be tough. I don't, I don't think it's not impossible by any means. John Marant's really good. Um, I expect them to win more games than they lose with him because he's really good. He's going to make them a good team again, but will they be able to make the get back in the playoffs? I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, nine and 19, um, a lot of games left though. So, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. I'll definitely be watching, uh, some Grizzlies games. hundred percent. All right, let's move, um, to the NFL here and wrap up the pod with our last topic. Um, first thing we'll get into a little bit, um, is games that happened last week. Um, obviously one of the bigger ones, uh, was this, this Bill's game. Uh, the Bills beat the Cowboys 31 to 10. This is a good but not great team crime on crime here. Um, and uh, I, I think the Cowboys have a good team. And I, I think, like, I wouldn't want to necessarily play them in the playoffs. Um, and kind of the same thing with the Bills. But the Bills are going up uh, right now. But let's talk about the Cowboys for a second. I think the Cowboys are a good, not great team. I've been talking about that. Um, don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs because they just seem like they always choke it out um, in the playoffs. The Bills. The Bills are ascending. And you know what's interesting, Trevor? You called this. You were the one who was ahead of the train on this. Many weeks ago, you were like, I think the Bills can make the playoffs. They were like 6-6 six and six or whatever, 5-5. Or five and five. I don't know. They weren't in a good spot. And I was, and they were like doing this horribly. 
And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I remember, oh, it was when we did our power rankings. You put the bills at like eight or something. And I was like, how could you put the bills at eight right now? And you're like, I just think they're, they're better. And you know what, Trevor, you were right. They have looked really, really good. Um, that is a team I do not want to play in the first round of the playoffs. And someone's going to have to play them uh, because they're probably going to make the playoffs. They actually control their own destiny to win the division. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but they control their own destiny. So hopefully they go and beat uh, the, or maybe not. No, they control no. their own destiny to make the playoffs. That was wrong. Yeah, they control their own destiny to make the playoffs. Um, that was that was, that was a little incorrect there. Um, so we'll see. I hope they don't make the playoffs because I don't want the Ravens to have to play them at any point in time. That is a dangerous, dangerous team with Josh Allen at the helm. Um, and they they just destroyed the Cowboys, thirty-one ten. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good win there. Obviously, we saw the Seahawks twenty to seventeen beat up on the Eagles. The Eagles are slumping big time right now. Um, we'll see if they can get it together before the playoffs. That's going to be big. Same thing with the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are slumping a little bit right now. Um, they did just beat the Patriots, but a 10-point win over the Patriots, I don't know. That doesn't seem so great. Um, so we'll see. Both those teams, if they can get it back on track, um, you know, see if they can make a little run in the playoffs and, and really start to heat up. Uh, anything you guys want to point out or talk about Week 15? Ben, I'm going to start with you here. Well, let's not forget, uh, Trevor also predicted the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl. So um, let's not oh, did forget you predict that prediction, that? Trevor. He did. It, Brandon, it was it was probably when about halfway through you, on last Sunday at approximately 6.11 p.m. So that would probably about <laughs> halftime of the Cowboys game. <laughs> Trevor did his typical, uh, oh, the Bills are up 20 joking. points in their most recent game. They're, you said Bills are making the Super Bowl. Remember this text. So I took that very seriously, Trevor. I'm holding you wait, to wait, that. Wait, hold on. I got to go back and look. Wait, Bills yeah, are making the talking, Super Bowl. Go this. Remember this text on Sunday, December 17th at 6, 11 uh-huh. p.m., so a week ago. So, again, it's typical Trevor. Oh, I'm watching a game. This team's really good. They're the best team I've ever seen. Um, so let's not forget that, Trevor. I just want to make that very clear that you are predicting. At this point, you've probably predicted it. I think you've predicted the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. I think you've predicted the Bills to make the Super Bowl. Probably the Cowboys, the Niners. So I, I, I think you're going to have to be wrong at some point. Um, <laughs> but the Bills are very good. And, I mean, they, they did, probably will make the playoffs. What was all of our preseason uh, Super Bowl picks? Because I remember I remember my matchup. My matchup was Bengals-Eagles. And I had uh, I, I, I had the same. You had the same. I had, I had Bengals over Eagles. I definitely what did, you did have not been? have that. I don't remember what I had. Definitely not the Bengals. I don't know. Probably Eagles. They're probably Niners probably, and Chiefs. I don't know. Probably, probably Chiefs. Probably yeah, I don't Chiefs. know. Yeah. Interesting. I was just curious what we all had. I I know I had Bengals over Eagles, uh, in in that final. Um. So I was just interested. But yeah, Trevor, I it, you do tend to read very close to your face. Uh, with your predictions, I like I like to be bold and I like to have fun. You know, yeah, I like you like to, to overreact fun. a little bit. It's okay, but it's, <laughs> it, it, but sometimes I don't. It's like you you gotta you gotta double check. You gotta be like Trevor. Do you actually believe that? Because sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Um, and I will say on this one, oh man, I don't know. If I was making power rankings right now, the Bills would be number three. They'd be number three. The <laughs> I, nine the Niners are one. The Ravens are two. The Bills are three. Right I really now. don't think that's that crazy. The the Bills are playing so excellent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they they really do have like a very reasonable shot. I, like I said, I really do not want to play them uh, in the playoffs. They're just they're so. Here's the thing: their potential is is higher than yeah. any team in the AFC. They're so volatile. Their their best is better than the Ravens' best, better than the Chiefs' nope. best. 
No, nope. their, their best is better because no. when Josh Allen, I don't is, believe that. When Josh Allen is playing, how many MVPs does Josh Allen have? Potential, how many MVPs does Josh Allen have? He's unstoppable. How many MVPs? It's crazy. How many MVPs does Josh Allen have? But the thing is, he throws in interceptions every now and then. And when he when they're inconsistent, when he's throwing a terrible interception, that's when it's tough to trust. So the Bills are that team that you just you can't help but love their chances but they break your heart. And so I, I really, I really don't know what I think, honestly, um, regardless. I mean, the thing is it doesn't matter. Cause what I, what I said a couple weeks ago was something I actually a hundred percent believed that if the 49ers are healthy, they're winning the Super Bowl, And I still maintain that that is still the case. They are going to win the Super Bowl as long as they're healthy. So the AFC team that plays them doesn't really matter. They're going to beat them. But if I had to pick today, I, I don't know. I, I'll pick the Ravens because they're I can trust them. I can't trust the Bills. I'm not gonna get heartbroken this time. I'm gonna I'm I'm leaning toward the Ravens. I just wanna say that the statement about the Bills at their best being better than the Ravens, that's crazy. That's it's not true. It's not crazy. And your argument you was that Josh, Josh Allen's Allen amazing. Best? Have you seen Lamar Jackson at his Josh best? Josh Allen's b- at his best better than Lamar Jackson. Is it? Best. Did he win MVP? Because I don't think he did. I think Bro, Lamar are won you MVP. You're referencing something that happened four years we're, ago. We're saying at their best. At their best, but but four also years. MVP this is, is not, MVP is dealing is with the same reality as the competition in the year that you won MVP. It's not saying that he's better than Josh Allen. It's saying he was better than Josh living, Allen in 2018. We're living in a completely different reality that, now than we Look, were when here's Lamar ultimately MVP. what it is: when the Ravens are at their best, they won 14 games. Bills weren't able to do that. Also, it's not even a good argument because Lamar is literally a better player than he was when he won MVP. He I just, think he, he is just, better now. He just won MVP because his statistics were better, and the team around him he, was healthier and he, better in the regular season. And then they crapped the bed in the playoffs because this year, Lamar was not as good of a passer as he is now. Who has better MVP odds this year, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Jackson. Probably Lamar because but he does because he's Josh better. Allen's thrown like 14 interceptions. But Brock Purdy has the best, the best odds. So does that too. make Brock Purdy better? Because <laughs> yeah. he's got the best odds. Yeah. I guess Brock Purdy question, might be the ben. best. Good job, Ben. No, the Ravens. I think the Ravens definitely have more potential than than the Bills. 100. percent I I like the Ravens' odds currently, right now, way over the Bills. However, the thing about it though is, um, if you can stop the run in general against the Ravens and make Lamar pass and make that your only route. That is when they have a little bit of trouble. Lamar has improved greatly as a passer, but look, we don't need to talk about the Ravens right now. Um, the Bills are a very, very dangerous team. Like I said, would not want to play them in the playoffs. I don't think placing them at three in the power rankings is that crazy at all. Um, here's the one thing that I think we got to think about. They are peaking now. Um, this is not the time you want to necessarily be peaking. In, in two weeks, you want to be peaking. If they can keep it, and keep moving that that along into the playoffs. I will sing a little bit of a different song. We've seen the Bills at their lowest. We've seen the Bills at their highest this year. What are we going to get during the playoffs? That's going to be the question. Um, I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but let's let's move along here to this coming week's games. Um, we obviously I, I I won't go too much into it, Ben, because I'm sure this is painful. Unfortunately, the Steelers beat the Bengals 34-11 yesterday. Um, we also had the Bills win yesterday, I think, too, right? Chargers, 20. So, yeah. And that's another thing. They didn't even look that great last night. No, they, they almost lost to a, a pitiful Chargers team. Uh, so there's your number three ranked Bills right there. Yeah. Because the Ravens wouldn't do that. Um, Can't put the Cowboys number three. They beat the Cowboys. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the Cowboys, Cowboys shouldn't are, be number Cowboys, three regardless. Cowboys are number four. No, they shouldn't be that. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, both of them are contenders. 
No, they're not. They're not just good teams. Well, they're both great teams. They're the Cowboys contenders. aren't a contender. The Bills. The, the Cowboys are. The Bills a maybe. No, the the Cowboys aren't beating the Niners. They just aren't. Okay, so in the, if that's the case, there's only one contender, Ben. It's the 49ers. Right now, if that's it, the logic, Brandon. Right using. now, in the NFC, there is only one contender. The in, Niners in the are NFL, destroying in everyone. In the NFL, there's only one contender. Well, the, in terms the, of making a Super Bowl, when the 49ers beat the Ravens by 10 points on Monday night, they're the only contender. No, no, because no. there's two teams in the Super Bowl. But the thing is, is that they, they have to go through the Niners to make the Super Bowl. The Ravens don't have to go through the Niners to make the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Bills. In the in the AFC, it's a little more open. The Niners are so much better. I mean, they just killed the Eagles. They killed the Cowboys. Both games weren't even close. I mean, the, 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 the Cowboys aren't contending if they can't compete with the Niners. They got to at least be around there, you know. In the NFC right now, there is one contender. That's it. The rest of them don't even look like they're that close. And the AFC, it's a little more open. The Ravens have shown some signs of weakness. The Bills are playing really well. I mean, if we get the Chiefs, like, streaking, they could they could very well be great. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Dolphins put up 70 points in a game. I, I don't know. There's there's The AFC is a little more open. Um, but in terms of the NFC, there's 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 one contender. But, let's. I mean, we might have a, a Super Bowl preview. I would love if this was a Super Bowl preview. We have... Ravens Niners the line has grown more it's now at minus six supposedly the Ravens are very hurt by this line I don't know if I'd be very hurt by this line the Niners are killing everyone uh they are also at home uh so I mean we'll we'll have to see what is your prediction on this Ravens Niners game Trevor uh, like I said, uh, I think the Niners, I'd love to reverse jinx, uh, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest here, Ben, I'll save that for you. Um, the 49ers are going to win this game by 10 points. Um, I'm going to say 34, 24. They just look too strong. Um, and again, the Ravens will put up a good fight. They definitely will. Lamar's been playing awesome. Um, and I think he will continue to play awesome, but the 49ers are the better team and yeah, they're going to win. If they're healthy, they're going to win every other game on their schedule. They will not lose again this season. Ben? Oh, the Ravens are winning for sure. And I'm not even like, I, I'm being serious. I, I seriously think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. I 100% believe that. Um, especially when you give them six points, Ravens plus six all day long. I think that's easy money for sure. Um, okay. Well, a lot of things you said there. Um, the, the, the Ravens are very good. They do not look better than the, the 49ers, at least right now. Um, I'll pretty, I think Trevor's prediction is pretty good. I'll say 10.49er win. I think the Ravens definitely can win this game. I think this will be one of the better challenges the Niners have. The Niners have played good defenses as good as the Ravens. They played the Browns, but it was in like a monsoon game in uh, Cleveland. I don't know if that was a real test, and they ended up losing that game at, at, at that. So um, I think in terms of a defense, this is one of the more challenging defenses they have to play. It's going to be a little more heavy, you know, run-heavy game. The Ravens have a lot of good secondary players. Um, and most of them are healthy. I'm interested to see how CMC does. If if they can stop CMC, I'm less worried about the defensive side. I'm more worried about the offensive side of the ball. I don't know if the Ravens have really played, and I know they've played the Browns, but um, I don't know if they've really played the challenge that the the Niners uh like are. The Browns defense is incredible, and they do a very good job. The Niners have like relentlessly good linebackers. Fred Warner's amazing, and they have a really incredible rush from multiple players. Those two things the Browns don't have. The Browns do probably have a better secondary, and they have probably the best rusher of everyone that's there. But I don't know if the Ravens have quite played the firepower of multiple guys, Chase Young mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Nick Bosa, something like that. Um, and Fred Warner in the middle. That's going to be tough to run on. So I, I'm interested to see how they handle Lamar. Unless I, I think their defense will do okay. I, I think that they can 
can hold the the Niners decently. Uh, the question is going to be if the Ravens can score points and really can score. I think they'll have a very good shot at winning. But I think Trevor's prediction is pretty good. I'll say I'll say twenty three sixteen is my prediction. Uh, and the the Niners will win. I don't know what you're doing over there, Ben. I don't know. If this is some reverse jinx where you're just like the no, Ravens just, are so good. I think the Ravens are good. That's I they think, are I good. Think they're they, a good team. No one, no one in the right mind is looking at these two teams being like, "Oh, the Ravens look better than the Niners." But I'm, I'm saying I think the Ravens are going to win the game. The better team doesn't always win the game. I'm saying I think the Ravens win the game. That is true. And the reason you, you I have a thought Ravens process. Better team. I have a thought process here. Right, the Ravens it. are going to win now, and that way when they play in the Super Bowl, it's hard to beat a team twice. The other team will win in the Super Bowl. So whoever wins here is going to lose to the to that team in the Super Bowl. So I'm pulling hard for the Ravens here, so that way they lose when it actually matters in the Super Bowl, because these two teams will probably be in the Super. So it's interesting because I was thinking about I was like the. I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, the Niners do look like the better team. And I, I really do think they're going to win. I, I I mean, they're, they're favored. They're just, I, I think they're the better team. They're at home. It is incredibly difficult to beat a team twice in a year. Very, very I think difficult. about that all the time. I think about that all the time, yeah. which is stupid because you shouldn't. I think, specifically, I think about it all the time. Specifically in football, I, it, it might is be. very, very difficult to beat a team twice. Um, And I, I think either way, you know, the, the, Maybe it's just like a juju thing, but even if the Ravens win, I'm gonna be like, oh no, it's gonna be tough if they if they do somehow make it to that the Super Bowl and those te- teams play again. That's gonna be yes. a tough one. And if they lose, I'm almost like, oh my god, if they do make the Super Bowl, I feel better about it. Yes, so, I, I I think about that all the time, which is so dumb. You shouldn't, but I that's just the way I think about it. But the thing is, is it's the proof is in the pudding here. It is really difficult to beat two teams or a team twice. Uh, even if you look at like look at uh, in Contraball this year, Washington and Oregon, the fact they beat them twice is such a big feat. It's really, really incredible, and everyone values that very, very highly. That's honestly that's what their season is relying on is the fact that they beat Oregon twice. Um, so I, I I really do think football big emphasis on it being very, very important. But look, we'll have to see. Ben, you're more confident in the Ravens than I am. I feel like I more more correctly rated uh, the game. Um, but any other games that you guys want to talk about before we get to our cross off here? Um, I mean, that's the, the best game. We do have Cowboys dolphins, um, which is going to be really good tomorrow. Um, or not. Yeah. Tomorrow, um, on Christmas. So yeah, Cowboys dolphins, that'll be a really good game. I'm looking forward to that one. Or wait, is it today? Actually, what am I talking about? I'm getting my days mixed up today. The Cowboys dolphins play at four 25. So that should be a really good one. I'll definitely be watching that. Other than that, I mean, I think Jags Bucks is actually not bad. The Bucks have been playing pretty well. Baker's been playing well. Um, but I think that's oh Browns Texans. Browns Texans is also a good no one. CJ Stroud. Though. Um, no CJ Stroud. I think that game's um, gonna be stinky. That's uh, I I never wish injuries, but also that's good for our tribal council. Um, because we want the Texans to lose. Um, I want the Texans to win that game. I don't yeah, care. We about do the not want the council. Texans to lose, Trevor. That, that is, you were wrong with that analysis. We do not I care want about the Texans the to win. Council. I think that game although, is going to be a stinker. Although we lose either way, Ben, because Ben and I made a bet before the season that the Browns would. Uh, oh yeah, win yeah. less than nine and a half. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Trevor, nine. It, so, it, it uh, was actually a pretty good bet. We just didn't account for the fact that the Browns are just going to have like the the most insane luck this year and like win a game last week that they shouldn't have won have like four calls go against them to beat the 49ers like they have like four wins this year and I'm, I'm they're a good team I'm not saying they're not a good team 
but all the all the insane like bad luck that they've had in the in the past has just flipped this year, and the football gods have given them so many gifts this year. It's ridiculous. It drives me crazy, and, and I'm out. jealous. And Browns fans are gonna get all offended, like, "Oh, well, you're just saying that because your team's not as good." I'm saying the Browns are a good team, but I'm also saying it's okay. You can you can be happy that your team's lucky. Like it's not it's not a it's not a shameful thing to say that your team has been lucky this year because they have been not not with injuries. They've had injury issues, but it's hard to deny the fact that they've had a lot of things go their way that in the past just doesn't typically go the Browns way to 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 play devil's advocate the Browns are the most unlucky sports franchise I've ever seen I aware but I'm saying this year it's been a different story that's what I'm saying this season has been a different story I'm saying this year has been a different story which is weird for me they deserve this season. They they've really outplayed they their. I, you know, their I hope they make the Super Bowl. Even, I really do. Even with right, the this luck, podcast is pro Browns. We're, we we really want to see the Browns make the Super Bowl <laughs> in this podcast. No, no. Look, I if we're I, we're we're sports podcasters, we got to keep it a buck here. I, if we're being honest, even with a lot of this lucky stuff that's happened in games, calls they've gotten. I mean, you look at like uh, the Colts game. You look at that Niners game. Even the Ravens game, they won by a point. Like they, they've gotten some very good calls and stuff for sure. But it, we cannot deny they have outplayed their potential this year. Well, I don't even want to say potential. They have just outplayed what I think most people thought that they could do. Um, and they really have done a great job. Fortunately for all of us, there is a silver lining for this because the Browns are in some trouble the next two years monetarily wise. Um, and it's going to be interesting as a lot of players are going to have to go next year and the year after, and Browns fans are going to be like, why are they all leaving? Why can't we sign them? And it's because you made a horrendously bad $230 million decision. Um, so it'll come to bite them in the butt. So it's no worry, Benny. It is no worry at all because it is not going to turn out in their favor. Unless. Well, it's okay because they're unless. winning They're winning the AFC North this year. So it's not. They're not. they don't have to worry about next year. <laughs> it's, I, I've been saying this for like three, four weeks. It is a very real possibility that they win the AFC North. Like I'm so serious. The this Ravens year? have yes, no yeah. shot. No, if you look look no at their shot. schedule, they they have three it's games impossible. left. It won't happen. They have three games left. They're playing the Texans, Jets, and Bengals. None of which no have their starting quarterback from the first week. If you look at the Ravens' schedule, go look at the Ravens' They're schedule. They're gonna win. I get, who, the Ravens have to play the Niners. Okay. They're okay. And then they have to play the Dolphins. That's a win. I, I do not think it's as as much a of a win. quite as a win as you think. I think they will win, but it's it's not quite and, as close. And, and then they play wins. the Steelers, who they've already lost to. That's a win. And historically lose to. That's a win. I'm just saying if they if the Ravens lose out and the Browns win out, the Browns win the division. And it's very <laughs> real. I'm just saying so it's a very perfect, real possibility. The perfect scenario where the Browns win out and the Ravens lose out. What are the odds for that? Like uh, a million to one? Um, no, they're they're really not a million to one. It's yeah. the Browns probably have like a 15, 20% chance of winning the division. They have they're most likely they gonna really win their don't. next three games. They're probably they gonna win. A, they have a 0.001% no, chance of winning the division. No, It's not that low. They would be favored to win all three games, and the Ravens will be favored in two of the three. If yeah. they and the, I'm just saying it's very real that they 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 can win the division. That's all I'm saying. Let's get to our cost off no, though here. Um I think you guys think this is easier than i think it is um because we're, we're getting down to it here um there's been a couple teams talked about um that we discussed before the podcast one of them is the falcons the falcons are a full game back on the bucks the bucks are about to win the division if they win today uh they win the division uh i think tampa has tampa beat the falcons both times so they have no they beat them only one of the times um so yeah 
So then you're looking at conference record, I believe, or division record, maybe. Yeah. And if which... they win today, which I'm guessing the Bucks are playing in division. No, they're not. Playing the Jags. How are they supposed to? Yeah, they're playing the Jags. I don't know how the Bucks clinch the division because they can clinch the division today. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um, I don't think that's true. I just saw a thing. They, I just saw on Twitter. They, they can clinch the division today. Um, Brandon, not everything really you see any... on the internet's true. I don't not think that makes that. sense because they're only a yeah. half game up on the Saints. Yeah, they're in position to win the NFC South today. That's what Adam Schefter just tweeted. Okay. So they, how, so Brent, they how reliable is Adam lose? Schefter? Like, let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently the, they can. I don't know how they can. Well, I guess if the, well, the, Saint, the Saints don't even play today. No, that doesn't make sense. The Saints don't even play today. No, that yeah, that doesn't make sense. They can clinch it next week if they beat the Saints. I think his wording is wrong. I think it's if they yeah. win out, they clinch division. Oh yeah, which yeah, is that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If they beat Whatever. the Saints next week, they'll they'll probably clinch. So it. the challenge with the Falcons is they're probably not going to win the division. If they don't win the division, they're almost definitely not going to be in. They probably would almost have to win out. Um, the Rams, I think, will get nine wins. They they're one off nine wins. The between the the Cowboys and Eagles, uh, the Falcons cannot catch them. So one of them is going to have a wild card spot. So I think they probably have to get nine wins. Um, they'd have to beat out the Seahawks, uh, the Vikings, and Saints. Um, I guess it's possible. It seems unlikely to me. The other two teams that we talked about were the Steelers or Bengals. Um, the Bengals are now zero and five in the division. That is a challenge. Um, but they have eight wins. Uh, they play a pretty difficult schedule. They're probably not going to win any more games. And I feel like it's unlikely eight is going to make it uh, into the playoffs in the AFC. I guess it's kind of the same thing with the Steelers. Um, They have eight wins. They play the Seahawks and Ravens, probably not winning either of those two games. The Bengals at least have a chance uh, against the Browns. Um, But I guess that also seems a bit unlikely two uh so ali i'm interested to hear what you guys say after those run through scenarios ben why don't we start with you who do you want to cross off yeah let's just get rid of the bangles let's do it <laughs> is that that's all the analysis you want to yeah give? they're not they're not they're not going to make the playoffs so i'm going to pick the Bengals. and if they do make the playoffs right. it'd be hilarious if that's if, if that's the reason why we're wrong so i'm cool with that i'm voting Bengals. okay <laughs> thank you for that analysis uh trevor are you on the Bengals train too so I think the Falcons one, I, I don't like the Falcons one because if they win out, they can win their division because they do play uh, the Saints last weekend of the season. Um, and it's not like their schedule is that difficult. They play the Colts today, then they play the Bears, then the Saints. If they win all three of those games, they could win the division at 9-8. and eight. Um, I, if, if the Falcons win today, that you know, then maybe next week we can do them. Um, but I'm looking at between the, the Bengals and the Steelers. Because if, if the Steelers, if the Bengals would have beaten the Steelers yesterday, I would have came on here and said, the Steelers, let's cross them off. That didn't happen. The Steelers obviously won. They finally showed that they actually can play on the offensive side of the ball for once in their lifetime. Um, so that was good to see that the Pittsburgh Steelers are capable of uh, playing on the offensive side, not just the defensive side of the football. Um, so that's good. They're 8-7. and seven. The Bengals are also 8-7. and seven. Um, looking at the differences between these two teams and deciding which one to pick, because it's for me, it's between these two. 
Um, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, they play the Chiefs on the road, then they play the Browns at home. Both tough games. They're going to lose at least one of them. They might lose both. Looking at Pittsburgh, they play the Seahawks away, they play the Ravens away. They're going to lose at least one of those games. They might lose both. So same situation. Um, looking at a tiebreaker, the Steelers would win the tiebreaker over Cincinnati because they beat them twice. You also look at like conference records. The Steelers have a better conference record than the Bengals. So if you think about a tiebreaker with some of these other teams, um, now head-to-head could matter. Um, but I, I think overall, I went across up the Bengals just because uh, in, in tiebreaker scenarios, the Steelers are more likely to get the nod. And also, they're playing with their backup quarterback, who finally came down. I mean, Steelers, I guess, are playing with their backup, too. But who finally came down to earth, um, and he's not Joe Burrow, and, you know, they have injuries and stuff. So I, I'm going with the Bengals here. So, okay. So here's here's my challenge here. I, I don't think any one of these three teams is going to make it. The thing about it, though, with the the Falcons, the only way the Falcons make it is they they pretty much have to win out. Yeah. They need to win at least two games to to make it. The Steelers and Bengals, I think, only need to win one to potentially make it. Because I don't think the Falcons are going to win. I don't think they're getting a, a, a wild card spot. 9-8 isn't making the playoffs in the AFC. I think it can. I really think it can. Mm-hmm. Look at look at right now who's in a wild card spot. Right now the wild card spots are held by Buffalo, Cleveland, and um, probably the Colts, I think. Actually, we can. Well, well, so Buffalo's guaranteed to win 10 games because they play the Patriots next week. So then that's six teams that are going to win 10 games. Well, well, yeah, because you have to have your AFC South champ no matter what. So one of those three teams is going to win. The Browns are going to win at least 10 because they're, I mean, they're going to beat one of those three teams at least. So the Browns are definitely winning 10. The uh, Bills are definitely winning 10. And then you only need, what, one more team to win 10? Which, it, it's, I mean, so it seems unlikely. Like, one of the Colts or Houston is going to win 10, I would say. So here's here's the other thing to think about with one of those guys. It, it doesn't matter if one of them win 10. One of them has to win the division. It doesn't matter. No, but I'm saying two of them are going to win. Two of them are going to win 10. So ja- look at Jacksonville. So let's go. Let's look at those three teams because yeah, well, two of the three. If two of the three win ten, then Jacksonville's those schedule are the playoffs. stinks. They play the Bucks. Yeah, they Panthers play the Panthers. The Panthers Titans. guaranteed win. Titans. I mean, most likely a win, right? They have so no Will Levis too. That, they, that's a win. If they just win two of those three, which I think they're gonna do, they'll be ten and seven. The Colts. Yeah, the Colts got to play the Falcons, Falcons, and Raiders. Raiders, Texans. So I think they could win. The all Texans those. and Colts play each other, so one of them is guaranteed to win. Yeah, and then okay. if you, either I've the Colts more on board. or Texans win one of the other two, yeah, you have and to, then you have to have ten wins between the, the Steelers and Bengals. I think we should do the Bengals, but one thing to note: the Steelers lose all tiebreakers to everyone in that division. They lost to the Colts. They lost to the Jaguars and they lost to the Texans. That the Bengals true. beat two of them. That's true. So again, if both of them could win one game and it's it's between the Bengals, Steelers, and then like the the let's say the Colts and Texans both only win one more game. They the the Bengals could get in. They could. But that would mean that they that I, those you, you teams have to, don't you have have yeah wins. you have to have 10 it, wins yeah and i think i do think that the colts and jags are going to get 10 wins so 
I am changing my my vote. I I'm with you guys. It's going to the Bengals, and I think we can cross the Bengals off, which is pretty wild considering two of us had them in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, rough year for the Bengals. Sorry about that, Benny. Well, that it, I'm not I'm not gonna say it. No, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, that really stinks. Your team sucks. All right. I think we'll wrap up the good. pod there there for today. My team's worse, Ben. It's it's all good. Yeah, my team's not. I'm 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 living good. Um. All right. We'll we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com, so you stay up to date with everything that goes live. Uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Both those links will be in the description. Subscribe and leave five star review if you enjoyed. Um. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.